You're listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, Colorado Springs, this is Jenny Bayless, and I am here with my guest slash co-host today, Leah Keeling. How's it going, Leah? Good. Thanks for having me on, Jenny. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to go over your deal on I this. <laughs> so, c- congratulations on your your you know first uh, property purchase. So that's extremely exciting, and I, I can't wait to talk about your plans for this. I know. I'm so excited. So yes, let's dig in. All right. So you bought a new build townhome. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to implement the nomad strategy. So, can you tell everyone a little bit about what that means and kind of your plans for when when you're ready to make the next move? Yeah. So, I am implementing the nomad strategy just because um you know, I have a teenage daughter, we have a dog. Um I wanted to get in with low money down, you know, on my primary. Um, so I just wanted to utilize that. And then, you know, a year, year and a half down the line, I'll move out, jump into the next one on the same strategy and turn this one into a rental. So, you know, I would love to do like a house hack rent by room sort of thing, but I'm just not there in life. So, (laughs) yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. Like, I think that, um, like you said, the house hack room by room rental is, an absolutely amazing strategy. And I think it's probably one of the best in this current environment, like mm-hmm. if, if not the best strategy for Colorado Springs, at least. Um, but yeah, if your family situation doesn't allow for it, like I think it's best to have the the foresight <laughs> ahead of time right. before things get hairy on that. So um, yeah, so like the nomad strategy is essentially buying a future rental property, but being able to take advantage of the primary um, loan requirements. So you were able to put down three and a half percent and you were able to get a primary loan rate, which is more advantageous than um, an investor rate. So um, you just have to live in there for the the one year occupancy requirement as required Mm -hmm. by your lender. And and you can move out and and turn it into a rental property. So I think, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, possibly, you know, all things considered one of the next best options for people to consider because, um, you know, everyone wants to do the Burr strategy because it's low, low to no money down by the time you're done with it. Mm-hmm. But in this environment, I, I like the nomad strategy because you're already putting down a low amount of money. So you're putting in three and a half percent for your down payment, you know, uh, assuming no major, you know, CapEx or anything like that, like you're all in for three and a half percent. You don't have to worry about what your appraisal is going to be in a year from now, or, um, you know, if you have a bad rehab experience or, or anything like that, mm-hmm. you're all in for three and a half percent, you know, what your interest rate is. So you can just move out and, and turn it into a rental and, and rinse and repeat every year. Which, um, you know, uh, my understanding of Fannie and Freddie is that you can't do, um, they have a new seasoning requirement of 
one year. So it's kind of the same, you know, yeah. length of, of, of waiting. So this, this to me just seems a lot less risky, um, than, than Burr at this point in time. So mm-hmm. that's and just... that's, yeah, that's how I, you know, that was my whole mindset on it. And I think for me, just being able to get in at such low money down and kind of it, since it's a new build, it's like, I don't have many worries when it comes to maintenance repairs and all of that. So that just brought me comfort being my first one and being a townhome. I don't know. I just felt like it would be something that I could easily self-manage after, um, you know, they rent rather quickly. Um, mm-hmm. so I felt secure with that. And also just being able to get in, um, low money down, it leaves me more options to, you know, pick up investment properties. Absolutely. (laughs) I like it. So, so what did you buy this for? Um, and you know, what, how much money all in were you by the time you walked away? So it was about $18,000 all in. Um, but since I represented myself on the transaction, I was able to rebate some of my commission, so that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Having that little perk. Um, so yeah, about 18,000 all in. I was super excited about that. Um, I, you know, was kind of all over the place with my strategy. I mean, I knew I was going to nomad something, but I was like, am I going to know, you know, am I going to ha- house hack a duplex or, you know, like something, something else. But then this one, you know, I sent it to you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, you better buy it. Yeah, I, I was like, I know. Um, so I just really got to take advantage of, you know, the market at a time where buyers were just not moving at all. And mm-hmm. these builders had all these discounts. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, I have to take advantage of this. So it kind of just fell into my lap and um, I'm super pumped about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you brought up a good point that, um, you know, you, you weren't as nervous, I guess, as, as the, you know, um, the, the rest of the environment, I guess, uh, related mm-hmm. to housing. And, um, just another thing to kind of point out is like, if in a year from now, it's not a good time to make this into a rental for whatever reason, you can just stay there. It's not, you know, you don't have like a super strict timeline. Um, and now you own this like beautiful new build. So, um, so you bought it for about three Oh five. And what was your interest rate on this one? 0.75. Okay. (laughs) Probably have locked in right away. Um, I don't know what interest rates were when I first looked, I can't even remember because they've changed so much. Um, but I, they were pretty high at that time. I want to say maybe they were almost seven on a primary. So we were like, well, yeah. we, you know, I'm sure they're going to come down. We were thinking they'd come down into the fives. <laughs> it just yeah. didn't like we thought. I, I literally can't even keep track of what rates are right now. Like someone yeah. will ask me, oh, you know, what, what about, you know, what's guesstimate for rate? I, I'm like, I have no idea. It, it, no it changes by the week, like so drastically, like up and down, up and down. It's almost impossible to time it. Right. Um, so yeah, so you guys just locked in. Um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So three and a half percent down, you locked in at 6.75%. Um, is your, um, strategy on, on the note because you know, the, the rate is not super desirable, of course, if, 
if you determine, you know, in a few years from now, af- after you've moved out, of course, um, mm-hmm. in, in which case it would, you know, then be an investment loan. Mm-hmm. Would you consider refinancing out of your FHA loan to free up that, you know, uh, slot, get you out of some PMI and hopefully buy down some rate if, if you know, you got the equity behind you on that? Yes, that's my plan. Yeah. Um, I don't even really want to move until that's able to happen. <laughs> um, just because the numbers are not ideal. Yeah. The current situation. Yeah. Um, but even if nothing changed, um, I would still be really happy with this just because, you know, I'm thinking really long term. This mm-hmm. is the property that I just plan on holding for as long as possible. So yeah. I don't, I'm not really too concerned about the numbers at this moment. Um, I'm just more excited about building equity and, you know, just being able to cash out at some point and get something else. So I'm really just looking long-term. Mm-hmm. The as is, is not pretty, but I'm so excited to have a Calder Springs property. Yeah. So. You got your foot in the door for, yeah. would you say $10,000? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so when you move out, you're thinking that you're probably going to rent this long-term? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and how much are you expecting for rent? So I know right now they're renting it $1,950. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put $2,000, hoping a year from now, year and a half, <laughs> yeah. $2,000 is feasible. So I think that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're going to self-manage it. Mm-hmm. And you have about 5% um, maintenance reserves. And I think is, is that because HOA covers all the exterior CapEx and then all mm-hmm. the interior is, is new. So you're able to kind of, you know, balance yes. that out a little bit. Yeah. And I have it, you know, with the new build warranty for the first year. So, um, everything's new. So you'd hope <laughs> it will just run smooth for a few years. Yeah, you never know on that, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's why you budget for it. So exactly. um, and then for HOA, you have 150 a month. Mm-hmm. And what does that cover? It covers siding, roof, gutters, um, and then also just, you know, exterior lawn maintenance and stuff like that. Who owns um the driveways? You know, I don't even know. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious, like who owns that, if that's HOA or not? I think it is HOA. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is because I know there was one uh, unit that I sold, not this complex, but a different one where the driveway had like a little bit of um, settling mm. and, you know, that was on the HOA. So gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So you're just responsible for inside. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's good. Yes. And then we have taxes and insurance, um, estimated about 1200 a year for taxes. You're going to kind of get like a little bonus for Mm -hmm. the first year before they reassess it. Yes. Um, and then insurance about 1300. We have just been seeing insurance rates just balloon, um, this past year. So, um, Yeah. yeah, I think, I think everyone, you know, uh, even existing um, landlords really need to um, be considerate of their insurance costs going up over the next year too, um, because that's kind of what we're seeing across the board. So just kind of be on alert for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll go to the cash flow tab here. 
All right. So we have a kind of an ugly annual <laughs> cash flow here, <laughs> about negative 6,500 a year. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to everyone kind of your rationale um, behind that? Yeah. So it, I think it just goes back to, you know, these interest rates hopefully are not going to be forever. They change. Um, and I also put, you know, only three and a half percent down. So mm-hmm. if I would have put 25% down, you know, this would be a break even scenario. Yeah. Um, I just think that having an asset in the Colorado Springs market is something that, you know, I've just always wanted, and I think it will pay off for me in the long run. So these numbers, you know, if I can get my interest rate down to in the fives, that pretty much will cut this number in half. Um, and then I don't really mind that negative cash flow for the first, you know, few years. It just doesn't bother me. Yeah. So, you're you're essentially willing to pay $500 a month out of your own pocket to secure this asset for $10,000 down is kind of how I see it. And, and let's kind of go back real quick. So like you said, if you put 25% down, mm-hmm. that would be about $85,000 out of pocket. Again, that would bring you to break even. Mm-hmm. So the difference between 85 and we'll just say 18. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm doing math on air. This is probably not the <laughs> idea. So 85 and 18, that's $67,000 yeah. divided by, we'll say 6,000, you know, net loss each year. Mm-hmm. It'll take you 11 years to make up the difference between what you're paying out of pocket and then um, what you would have put down in addition. So yes. you know, in those 11 years, can yeah. you better use your $67,000 elsewhere? Probably, exactly. right? Like, yeah. um, so that's kind of how I see that. And, and and I do also want to caveat that you are a very good saver and I would not recommend this strategy for people that aren't good savers and don't have good cash cushions and aren't, yes. you know, expecting things to go wrong. Like you're in a position where you're able to cover that. So exactly. like you've accounted for that. So, yeah. I mean, if this was three years ago, this wouldn't even be an option for me. Yeah. 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 And I think that's amazing that like you've been able to kind of, you know, calculate your, your financial positioning to be able to be like, yes, I, I can handle this. I can withstand, mm-hmm. you know, any bumps in the road for that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then just kind of, you know, like you said, you wanted to to hold this thing long term, like mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, just assuming super modest three percent increase in rents each year mm-hmm. gets you to like your thirty here when when you're pretend you can't pay down your mortgage or refinance your mortgage. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so after you pay off your mortgage, I mean, yeah, this uh, this year thirty outlook um, is pretty nice. You mm-hmm. know, you put ten thousand dollars in thirty years ago, and now you're cash flowing twenty thousand dollars a year on it. Yes, that's pretty good return. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm super excited. We'll have to do an update um, when I'm moving out and just see like where the numbers are. Oh yeah, I I would love to do that to see yeah. if our you know, because that's what's kind of tricky about like the nomad strategy is like you're not renting it in year zero, possibly mm-hmm. one, two, depending on when you move out. So it's like you're kind of guesstimating where it's going to go in the future. Mm-hmm. We can assume it's going to rise at a very 
modest rate, you know, um, expenses and and rent. So yeah, I'd just be very curious to see yeah. to see where things land. Um, yeah, me so, too. I'll yeah. let you know when that's happening. Please do. <laughs> well, I think I think that this pretty much wraps up. Oh, you know, we need to talk about this. It's a five point eight cap. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, you know, I know that the debt is a kind of a, a downer in, mm-hmm. in the property, but cap rates don't account for debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this property on its own legs, you know, debt withstanding is a pretty good deal, especially for a new build in Colorado Springs. We don't really see that return too often. So, I, I just want to highlight yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I just, and I there I wasn't going to get a better deal doing the mm-hmm. nomad strategy. You know, I no. was looking at single family homes, looking at you know all sorts of different things. And I mean, there's just no way I would have found something brand new um, <laughs> in town. So yeah, I'm super satisfied with this. Good. So, I Good. Mean, you know, even though the numbers, this is probably like the worst deal analysis we've ever had. <laughs> Um, numbers wise, but I think it's important for, you know, to have different outlooks and I'm able to pull it off. And so I'm super excited. Like I have no regrets. I'm excited for you too, because you've thought through all the downsides of this Mm -hmm. and it works for you. So, you know, now you can just enjoy the upsides because you've already accounted for it mentally, um, you know, the, the potential pitfalls on it. So thank you so much for, for sharing this deal. I'm super happy for you. I think that this is going to be like a really good property for you. So congratulations on it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. 